Welcome, welcome, welcome to the F3 podcast, where we discuss all things that is pertaining to faith, family, and finances. And remember, no subject is off limits, all right? No subject whatsoever. So we are your hosts. I'm Dr. Lionel M. Blair Sr., and I'm sitting next to my lovely wife, the sainted mother (laughs) herself, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher. I'm sitting next to... St. Jasmine the First. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. We got a good one for you today, as usual. Welcome, everybody, to the F3 Podcast. If this is your first time with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hit the notification bell, and you'll be notified every time we premiere a new episode. And be sure to take us with you on the go. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and wherever your favorite podcast episodes are streamed. And also in the show notes, you can find links for how you can become a supporter of this podcast. And if you've got a question you want us to answer here on air or a show topic you want us to discuss, be sure to click that button and leave us a voicemail. And who knows, your topic may be the topic of the next episode, because remember, no subject is off limits. So today we're going to talk about an interesting one, your children and your assignment. And I believe this is necessary because, you know, as we have many uh, millennial leaders that are still coming on the scene today, and taking their place in leadership. We cannot acknowledge that without talking about the previous generation or even those in our generation that have been church hurt pastor's kids. Mm. You know, there are so many that want nothing to do with church or some that are so radical in a negative way today. Right. Don't want to listen to accountability. Don't want to be submitted. Don't want to do this and this. There want a lot of these. Now, understand, there are trends. There's culture. I get there's no really one right way to do church, but there's definitely a wrong way. Right. But the reason why we see a lot of this radical stuff on the scene that challenges certain stuff is not always because God is doing a new thing. A lot of it has been birthed out of church hurt. From these people growing up, having their parents either serve in as a pastor, an elder, minister, some capacity in ministry and being hurt by what did or did not happen as far as what they saw, how their parents were treated, what they experienced or how their parent reacted to them in the name of Jesus. And so it brings the, the topic to discussion when you have an assignment How do you approach your children? How do you integrate your children? How do you explain to them, this is what I do? You know, I find that a lot of families, they have typically in a typical family structure, it becomes this thing where, you know, either daddy's the pastor or the elder or the minister or the deacon and church becomes daddy's work or daddy's thing. And the rest of the family, the wife usually just takes the kids and kind of makes some normalcy around it, but they don't really get to understand what it is. They're not always fully integrated. And it's not saying they shouldn't have other activities outside of that, whether they're gifted in, you know, sports or chess or STEM projects or whatever else they're gifted in. But it becomes this taboo thing. And a lot of times people have to pick either they're in church all the time or the husband's in church and the family's off doing everything else all the time. And they're just kind of showing up here or there. So what are your thoughts on this? Oh, <laughs> because I've seen a lot of pastors' children um, 
stray away as soon as they get grown. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know some pastors' kids like they was bitter with the church because of what they seen their parents go through. Yes, and and it took the sovereign hand of God to reel them back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that. I think that there needs to be an understanding, even from the churches, the congregations uh, point of view as well, about the fact that the pastor does have a family. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay. The pastor does have a family and see what a lot of people will do is because they have a need. Okay. They will suck you dry until they feel like their need is fulfilled. Not even considering the fact that that pastor has a spouse Mm-hmm. That pastor has children. You ever wonder, you see the pastor doing ministry all the time. Okay, pastor, do the pastor ever have time for their family? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to those of you who are lay members or congregants. Come on. All right, because, because see, at some point, you're going to have to grow up in your walk with God. Yeah. You know, yes, God gave you a shepherd for maintenance and all of that, but your shepherd is not your God. Uh oh. Okay, and and while you need counsel from from your leader, you need impartation, you need insight from your leader. If your leader has a family, when was the last time you actually just say, "Hey, pastor, can I just buy you some groceries?" Mm. You don't understand the stresses that goes on in the household of a senior leader mm-hmm. as the result of them doing the work of ministry. Because mm-hmm. I can tell you from firsthand experience, it ain't easy. Mm-hmm. We both can tell you. Oh, yes. That it ain't easy. Okay. Uh, uh, leading a ministry while trying to raise a family. Okay. So I find that a lot of times it's the congregants mm-hmm. that are not understanding. You know, um, instead of taking, 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 why don't you contribute? Contribute, contribute, contribute. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 always want your leader to be there. You always expect your leader to feed you, okay? Uh, you always expect your leader to give you a word. Well, I'm not being fed. Why are you not being fed? Because if God sent you there, then guess what? You should be fed. So if you indeed, if it's true, because a lot of times not true that you're not being fed. You just no, don't like what you're being served. Some of y'all, served. either you're not eating because you don't like what you're being served, right. or you showed up already full from all the other tables you went to. Yeah, exactly. But let's say, for instance, if you are truly not being fed, if then first of all, you got to look at yourself first. Mm-hmm. Okay, what can I contribute so that my leader can continue to feed me? That part. You understand? You know, I remember there was a there, there was a time we didn't even we didn't even take vacations. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to contend. You, you got to consider deep people got kids, man. You can't you can't expect the the leader. To 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 either neglect their children or to drag their children along everywhere either. That that part. Some of y'all drag y'all children everywhere with you. Okay, like get them chairs some normalcy. You know, it's funny because sometimes we'll show up places. You know, when we go out of town and minister, somebody's like, "Oh, you didn't bring your kids? No, we're here to do deliverance. I'm not bringing." <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> My children still still small small. Okay, I'm not bringing them around all that. Nah, you know, so, so, so so no, you know, um, now if you want to put an application in for childcare, (laughs) we can vet you real quick. (laughs) All right. But, um, yeah, you, you know, you know, 
I find that the children though get the short end of the stick. Yes, a lot of times they because do. you know it's like the pastor's like, okay, I can't forsake my assignment, mm-hmm. but you can't forsake your children. Mm-hmm. But then in your mind, it's just like, okay, my children good because my wife got them. That. My children good because my wife got them, but then the wife has to manage the children, manage the home, you know, and make sure and make sure you okay. See, it's a lot that comes with being a leader with a family. Mm-hmm. I see why Paul said, "Listen, listen, if 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 you can maintain yourself, stay single, mm-hmm. so that you can be more devoted to the work of the Lord. Because if not, then you're gonna have to try to do the work of God and on how to please your spouse." Mm-hmm. You know, I see why he said that. But see, also, I also discover mm-hmm. again, a lot of you that are in the congregation, you make it hard because you don't understand mm-hmm. and you ain't trying to as long as you get what you need. And then as soon as you feel like you ain't getting what you need now, now, now you want to leave. Mm-hmm. Now you want to start opening yourself up to other voices. Now you want to leave. Well, I just feel ignored. You know, it reminds me of, you know, one time where somebody was had some type of grievance or or whatever they wanted to discuss. They felt some type of way. And to make a long story short, it was something that was had been dragged out over a couple of weeks. You know, they had to work. They had legitimate stuff going on. We had legitimate stuff going on. And they're like, okay, well, I'm ready to talk now. And it's like, okay, well, that's great, but we're in the middle of moving. Right. <laughs> we're in the middle of moving. We're, we're trying to get things set up from one place to another, trying to create some type of normalcy because, but anybody that's ever moved, you know, your house is half packed all the time. And then you're trying to unpack it and get it set up and clean the other place. You know, moving is a process. Well, I just feel like I'm being ignored. I just feel like nobody wants to pay attention to me. Well, I'm sorry that you finally decided to discuss whatever is bothering you while we're moving, but we've got a responsibility to finish moving so we can because it's like we're moving and then we still got to preach and teach and, and travel and record. So we only have a certain amount of time to finish moving and get a sense of normalcy so we can pick back up where we left off. That's right. Well, I just feel like it, it just wasn't a concern. Okay, you're not dying. You're not in the hospital. So, yeah. yes, your complaint can wait till I'm done moving. Your complaint can wait till we can finish getting everything set up and getting groceries in the house and getting beds set up and unpacking clothes. Creating a sense of normalcy right now as a family is more important than your complaint. And the per- well, I just, I, you know, I can't, this, this is just unacceptable. I, I would not be ignored and, and, and you're on Facebook. Okay. I might scroll through Facebook in between unpacking clothes in between getting everything set up in between <laughs> unpacking the toys. And so, but see, it's these types of things that I'm, we're talking about when we say sometimes the laity just is not understanding of different seasons. Well, I'm not getting what I need. I'm not getting, are you really not getting what you need or are you being impatient? Are there other elders and deacons and ministers that can assist you with what you need while your pastor or pastors or leaders or however your structure is, can somebody else assist you? Because if somebody else is available to assist you, then it's not that you're not getting what you need. You're just not getting direct access to senior leadership in the immediate moment that you want it. And when we accurately start to explain these things, then we start to really uncover a large part of the problem is a lot of people just want an unlimited access to their pastor whenever, however. And that's just not always the case. No, it's not. 
you know, first of all, a lot of y'all haven't even tried to be close enough to get what you need, integrated into the ministry, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know for 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 leaders like us, we delegate mm-hmm. because you, you know you don't know what we got going on. Okay, so 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 you blessed to even be able to hear from me. Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 also this, just because somebody posted on social media don't mean that they're available. Mm-mm. You know, I I I I'll do that at the doctor's office while I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, and 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 could it be that we work from our desks? Mm-mm. Uh, could it be that your leader is doing some work on the computer? And they got the window open to Facebook, but they also have their stuff. And sometimes you get a little nugget. You think about something like, hmm, you heard me. You post it real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you post it real quick. You might engage in the comments, and then you go back to doing what you're doing. You never know. But don't assume. See, offense brings yes. about assumptions. That's good. Offense brings about assumptions. You don't know what their leader really got on their plate. And believe me, I used to be in I used to be in a lot of y'all's position. I used to judge the seat of the leader. Mm. Oh, I used to talk about pastors and leaders bad. You hear me? I used to talk about them bad. You know, I was always condemning them, you know, and all this other stuff. But whoa boy, when I became a senior leader, okay, and I said, Oh, I, I see why the pastors do this now. Mm-hmm. I see why they got armor bearing adjutants now. Yeah, I see why some of them need security. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see why they don't personally engage with the people all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, as I begin to grow in my seat and I try to do stuff uh, of the lay member way as a leader, people got common with me real quick. And then, and then it became a disrespect to my leadership. Mm-hmm. You understand? But as I as 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 we begin to grow and we begin to build our family and have children and all of that kind of stuff, you know, I had to I had to start putting boundaries in place. Different boundaries have to be put in place. Yeah. And I think the difference for me is when I first came to the Lord, I had the privilege of being close to my first pastor. Right. You know, I was somebody that was very close, so I was. You know, what I call a gap filler, I would be the person that, you know, may go get the kids from the bus or daycare or, you know, may go to the house to kind of help and assist with certain household duties when there were those gaps between, you know, the pastor serving at the church and the pastor's wife being able to come home and kind of get dinner started. So walking closely in that sense, and I really didn't even really, again, we're talking about within like the first year of me giving my life to Christ. So at that time, I really didn't have a full understanding, first of all, how privileged that was, but also how many pastors needed that and didn't have that because that, that was my foundation. So that was my paradigm. That was my place of understanding. And, you know, those times where nobody paid attention to the schedule and something might've accidentally been double booked pastor's supposed to be here. The pastor's wife's supposed to be here. And it's like, oops, who going to keep the kids kind of thing. Right. So being able to fill in those gaps and growing a relationship, you know, with them, with their children and being privileged to be, you know, in their house, obviously you have to be in somebody's personal things to an extent. If you're in their house, assisting with something, it is hard work. And I remember saying, oh, Jesus, why all these women want to marry a pastor? This is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot. Now, if that's what God calls you to, so be it. But, you know, you've got certain ones that are just obsessed 
with wanting to marry a pastor. And I'm like, sis, do you really realize what you're asking for? You know, of course, this was again, and me first giving my life to the Lord. So a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot, a lot of the stuff that you do, you know, you go to work, you come home, you got to go to the grocery store, you got to help your kids with homework, drag them back and forth to soccer practice or whatever else extracurricular you have them involved in. That is the same thing for a lot of pastors and senior leaders with thriving families, plus the addition of the ministry. It's a whole lot more when you and when you get home some days and you tired and you don't feel like dealing with your kids. Imagine how the pastor feel when they tired and they get home. Don't feel like dealing with their kids and don't feel like dealing with you neither. Not because they're mad at you or offended at you because it is a lot. As I've said, and this will always be one of my slogans, nobody is invincible. Your pastor or leader is not above being mentally and emotionally drained and tired and just tapped out and they need a period of rest. Mm -hmm. You should be looking to see how you could be a part of the solution instead of being a part of the problem. Right. You know, and that's just real. How is it that you have days you don't feel like dealing with your kids and you feel like your pastor is never tired? Some days I don't want to deal with you because you always doing something you're in a business doing. <laughs> you know, but in all seriousness, this is, this is the type of healthy transparency we should have. Because yeah. like I said, some people over transparent, they tell all their business for vanity likes, clicks and shares. But when we have a healthy professional peep into the lives of leadership, it's not always easy. And a lot of pastors are able to do what they're able to do because they have a wife. And for the ones that don't, unfortunately, some of them go ahead and disappear their wife, divorce their wife real quick so they can continue just traveling and doing ministry without the care of the family. Their solution is just to cut off the family. Yeah. So, you know, these are the things that we really have to deal with. And for the ones that don't, it's like they usually choose to lessen ministry to do more of the family thing or they heighten ministry at the expense of the family thing or they go through seasons where there's one or the other and as we've said before the truth is there's no one size fits all answer but you've got to come to a place where you're able to at least bring your child alongside you and explain what your assignment is you know church or preaching or ministry shouldn't just be a blank slate they should be able to come alongside you when you minister at some point to see how it is. They should be able to sit there. They should be able to understand the word. They should be able to understand your study time, your prayer time. And see, I find that a lot of times because of, you know, the understanding of, you know, the man of God or the woman of God, a lot of the preparation and, and private time with the Lord is often concealed. So children only know you know, either what they see in the pulpit or maybe, you know, miracles and laying hands. But your child should see you studying. Your child should see you in prayer. Your child should see you reading. Your child should have the understanding without you convincing them, but from them adding it up to make it make sense for themselves. Okay, this is really your lifestyle. This is really a part of what God has called you to do. And it requires prayer, fasting, consecration, studying, you know, abstaining from certain entertainment for a season to really be in the face of God and hear from God so you're able to minister to the people. But as much as they see that, they should also see where you take breaks to take a sabbatical. You take breaks to spend time with them to really grow and cultivate their relationship so that when they grow up, they have a healthy balance and a healthy understanding of what it means to be in ministry. Mm -hmm. And see, this is the understanding that a lot of people have to have mm -hmm. because 
we also have the responsibility of making sure that our children are healthy. That's it. Um, uh, spirit, soul, and body. You know, we, we, we have the responsibility of making sure our children are healthy. And a, a lot of a lot of times in ministry, I don't care if you have a storefront church, mm-hmm. it's a lot to juggle. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a lot to juggle. But then y'all, a lot of y'all in social media land, you have a problem when your pastor have adjutants and people that help them out personally. It shouldn't take all it that. It shouldn't take all that. You know, you know, you, 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 you a man, you can take care of your own kids and stuff like that. Okay, but see, see, here, here's the thing. People don't realize. The Bible tells you to work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. That's and I've said this before, right? Mm-hmm. But the Bible also says that those who are your leaders, they watch over your soul. Mm-hmm. Leaders got double duty because they still got to work out their soul salvation like everyone else. Come on. But they got to watch over your soul too. Mm-hmm. So, so can you imagine doing all of that and managing your house and your family? You got to make sure your spouse is straight, make sure your spouse is happy, all of that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, uh, you don't know what it's like to be a senior leader. You just see the pulpit. You just see the pulpit, but you don't see the administrational part and the managerial uh, duties of having a ministry along with having a family, uh, along with uh, uh, counseling people, watching over people's Mm -hmm. souls. A lot of the time your pastors take hits for you that they don't even tell you about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 and then the, the, they're doing all of this and then they got to sit back and either hear or discern that you're complaining. Mm. You know, instead of coming to lift their arms up, you just let their, uh, you, you just sit there and watch them struggle. What? Mm. You understand? If you understand all the duties that come with, and then you got some leaders that try to take it all on themselves. I believe that's one of the reasons why Moses lost his first wife. Mm. And Jethro had to come along and be like, listen, bro, you're going to tie yourself out. Yeah. Because Moses was doing everything. He was doing all of the judging. He was doing all of the counseling. And he was making all of the uh, decisions. You're like, man, get you some elders, man, to help you with some of this stuff. You know, get you some elders. You know, and I think the apostles in the New Testament, they understood that a little bit better because they were like, listen, we're not waiting no tables. We're just going to continue in prayer and ministry of the word. We're going to appoint some people. No, y'all, y'all pick out some people. We're going to anoint them for this task. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we're not going to act six. We're not going to do this. And if we're honest, you know, yeah, we see all this stuff on social media and these people getting in scandals. But if we're honest, this is why most pastors' marriages fail. Because of an imbalance of the whole church family thing. They're doing church too much, not paying the family any attention. And when there is, regardless of how it comes up, some type of conversation or need for a resolve, either doing less church or less family or whatever, there's a budding of heads and a power struggle that ultimately leads to these marriages dissolving. It's not the will of God for all these people to be on a second and third marriage. I'm sorry. No, there's yeah. no condemnation. We understand sometimes it's something that happens. Sometimes it's even inevitable, especially if it's an abuse or addiction type of situation. But the reality is the majority of these marriages can be saved and can be restored when there is a restructuring and a rebalance of what's going on. 
We don't have to keep having wounded pastors, kids going out here in the world and not wanting anything to do with God. And there comes a conversation, but also a walking it out. Right. You've got to be able to articulate. You know, one of my old mentors used to say, if you can articulate something to a child, you can teach anybody. Right. If you cannot explain in simple terms to your child what your assignment is, it's probably too complicated and includes a bunch of stuff that God didn't call you to anyway. So for some of you, the re the resolve is you need to actually simplify your assignment, not your whole destiny, your assignment for this. You need to simplify your assignment for this season and take baby steps in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because see, you know, a lot of a lot of pastors do ministry at the at the expense of the family. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You you raise up bitter children. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, some of y'all, some of y'all always um, some of y'all always judge their children. And they feel like they have to live up to a certain standard. That part. Huh? They have to live up to a certain standard. They make a mistake. Their mistakes are highlighted the most. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you, you, you know they 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 do something. They do something. They're under the greatest. They're under the greatest scrutiny. What is this? What is this? So, so our children. And you know, you, you got some leaders. I mean, they they they've done an excellent job with raising their children in the things of God. You know, I've met some leaders. They they, they did an excellent job in raising their children in the things of God. But their ministry was more of a school schooling kind of setting. It won't know. It wasn't no local work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't when it was covering a bunch of people. You understand what I'm saying? So, so give your pastor a break, man. Like. For real, you know, give your pastor a break. If they delegate somebody, man, go through the delegated person. That's all we say. When you call your doctor's office, you got to go through his secretary. When you call the dentist, you got to go through the The dentist oftentimes is not the one answering the phone, scheduling appointments, giving you billing information, checking your insurance, seeing when they can fit you in, giving you small advice on certain little problems. That That's normally somebody else. Right. There's a team of people that make that dentist's office run. And it's it's a similar concept in ministry. And why do we why do we accept this stuff everywhere else but the church? Mm -mm. Because we casualize the things of God. Mm -hmm. We see the value of our boss, but we don't see the value of our leaders. Mm. We don't see the value of our leaders. I'm just saying. So, so yeah, we we you know, you know, your children, you know, cannot be sacrificed on the altar of your assignment. Woo! And a lot of time when the leader starts bringing balance to that area, I'm talking about your underage children now. Mm -hmm. You're not responsible for nobody grown. That's it. But I'm talking about your underage children, you know. Uh, and when leaders start prioritizing that, people start getting mad. But then if but then if I don't pay attention to my kids, you still gonna criticize me. Either way, you're gonna be mad. You know. 
So yeah, I, I've I've seen I've seen you know pastors. I mean, the kids look raggedy coming to church. Man, the people probably stressed out. They probably ain't have a time to really you know child hair ain't done and stuff like that. You know, they probably didn't really have the time to, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, do all that. You don't understand the stress, and if you see a need, figure out how you can offer help yeah. without judgment. Without judgment, that's the thing. Yeah, you know because you don't know what is what what that man or that woman is going through to be able to lead people like you, mm -hmm. who probably still distant and complaining. Mm -hmm. That part. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We got to do better. Got to do better. We got to do better. Uh, uh, now, if you got a single senior leader, which I'm not really a fan of, but God, God, God do use them. But I'm just saying. And sometimes like you, it happens after these kinds of marriages fall apart. Yeah. They end up, you know, usually the husband ends up with the church. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of times these people didn't start as single leaders or they started as single leaders, got married. But a lot of them end up being single leaders because their marriages fail. Yeah. I'm not a fan of single single senior leaders, especially if you're over families, especially if you're watching over families and, and, and marriages and things like that. But God can use you still and God can call you still. I'm just not a fan of it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, a senior, a single leader may have a little more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's married with children, not so much. Not so much. You know, I mean, I mean, we've had people get offended with us in the past because, okay, like, listen, you know, if 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 somebody texts me, I'm gonna get back to them. I, it may not be that day, right? <laughs> you know, I've had relatives mad at me, just just like, listen, you don't understand what's on my plate, and and, and I'm not gonna explain it to you because you're not gonna understand. But not yeah. your business anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, I'm. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, but, but, but we've had people get mad with us because, okay, like we're not readily available to drop everything to see what they want. No, I don't never drop it. I've never been that person even before I was in ministry. <laughs> yeah. Now I used to be that person. I used to be that person. Somebody call, I come running. Okay. Apostle, Pass, I need this, and I'm, I come running. Pass, I need deliverance. I come running. I drop everything immediately. Not anymore, baby. You're gonna make an appointment. That's it. Why? Because I have a family. I have a wife and children. I have, I have, I have a business. I have other things that I'm doing. I travel. You understand what I'm saying? Like I have a lot of stuff that I do now. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a lot of stuff that I do now. So. So no, I'm not gonna drop everything to come running to your rescue. God, God better speak to me from heaven. <laughs> I used to do that for people that's no that's no that's, that's that's no longer in my life. That part, huh? Drop everything to, to come to the rescue of people that's no longer in my life. People who cut me off, dropped me, walked away from me. You 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 think I'm gonna keep doing that? No, indeed, no. Okay, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So, 
So yeah, but our children. I think children. I think that's one of the, I just because ahead, of what you just said. Yeah. That's one of the hardest conversations I think I've ever had to have uh you know with our kids. How come so and so doesn't go to our church anymore? How come so and so yeah. stopped talking to us? Well, doesn't the Bible say forgive? Are they still going to be mad at us? You know, should should we pray that so and so is going to come back and make it better? Like these are challenging conversations. Yeah. And so You've got to have these conversations, encourage your children, and minister to your children as leaders, even when they see the bad that other people do to you. You can't just leave it there. See, oftentimes we talk about leaders who are bad examples to their children, but we don't talk about when the children see the bad examples of stuff that was done to them right? and what that creates in their eyes. So those have been some of the most challenging conversations to have. And it's just like, okay, well, how do I explain? This is what the Bible says, but this person is choosing not to do that anyway type thing. Because again, in answering and ministering, you don't want to ruin the person in the eyes of the child, of course. Right. But it's like, okay, so so how do I tell you the truth without telling you all of the truth kind right. of things? Yeah. It's, it's a very challenging and a very difficult thing to navigate. But I was telling somebody this the other day, you know, we were just having a long conversation, you know, about ministry and different seasons and different things. And I told them, I said, you know, that was one of the hardest things to look my child in my eye, in their eyes and watch the tears. Well, how come so-and-so won't forgive like the Bible if we're all supposed to be Christians? How come so-and-so won't lay their gift at the altar? And, you know, what do you say to stuff like that? You know, it's it's really, really challenging. So even in, you know, what you were saying about leadership and always being, you know, overly personal or overly open with everybody, because there still has to be a protection for them there. At the end of the day, when you bend over backwards for people and people go about, you know, whatever transition they go about as the leader and as the parent, you're left in both roles to continue to lead as a leader, but to continue to minister to your child as a parent and encourage them when people just up and disconnect or transition like that. Yeah, it's a very challenging thing, especially when the kid gets attached to someone mm-hmm. or gets attached to their kid, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 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 I, I know for our son, I mean, he called certain people, not everybody, he called certain people aunt. Mm-hmm. That's how close they was, you know. And, and now aunt is no longer aunt. Like, that. that's, right. that's, that's you know, that does something to anybody, uh, a child, you know, and then, you know, they, they, and, and then, you know, your kids as a leader, you know, starts, starts being connected with their kids mm-hmm. and then they play together and then it's just like, Okay, what I, I can't play I just, with so and so no more. I just lost my best friend. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of ugly. Yeah, kind of so, sucks. Yeah, so yeah, this is why I, you know, I don't care what nobody say. I protect my kids. I keep my kids separate. Okay, my my my, my kids have a certain have have a few friends. Okay, he have his friends, and those are the friends he gonna have. Everybody else in the church, uh, until I see that you solid. Come on now, you got to protect the heart of your child. That's right. You got to protect the heart of your child uh, because, um, you know, that, that, that'll that put an image in their mind. That church people church. are fickle. Yeah. Church it's, people don't follow what the Bible say. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you know, our, our kids are little. So whenever, you know, him and their friends, you know, get a, have a disagreement, whatever, we make sure that they, you know, talk it out, mm-hmm. you know. 
to make sure they talk, talk it out, hug it out, shake hands, and and, and make sure that they, that, that they back friends. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that they know how to properly talk out their issues, you know, with one another. Teach them early so they won't become like offended church people that just get mad and move on and cut people off with no type of conversation. <laughs> yeah, or try to redefine relationship because you don't like something or, you know. Apollo uh, line. Yeah. But I want to apologize because, you know, I realized that I, I misheard God in my initial connection. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you so didn't. So you heard God right all this time. You heard God right for like three years. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I want to apologize because I, I heard the Lord incorrectly. <laughs> if you heard the Lord incorrectly, you don't need to ever be in ministry. You need to go sit down Especially, and sit in the back of the church somewhere and be somebody's lay member. Okay, and sit in the back of the church for the rest of your days. Especially if you heard them incorrectly and it took Shoot. three years for you to accept the fact that you made the mistake. No. God <laughs> Four years, five years, ten years. It took ten years for God to finally get the message through your head that you didn't hear him right. And these are the ones that come with the, the, the grand prophecies too. <laughs> oh, apostle, you're God's man. You're God's woman. God says this, 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 this. Okay, but you left that. You left that. <laughs> and God knew my shortcomings and all of that other stuff. And uh, 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 when he went, went, when he gave you that word and he knew the timing in which you were going to work all that stuff up out of me, too. That's it. Come on now. You understand what I'm saying? So so so, you know, a lot of us, we're in sin when we do that stuff. Yes, indeed. Well, listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us again on the F3 podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, be sure to check out the links in the description box in the show notes. And until next time, bye-bye.